The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. We are at Montree College at the Retreat Cybersecurity Conference, and we're here with Rob Boker. He is with Easy DMARC. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, okay, you're with Easy DMARC. How did you, you know, let us know, uh, if you won't mind, what you do there, what Easy DMARC is, um, but also your path on how you got there. Sure, that's a that's a long one. Um, so I've been in the world of uh, email for for quite some time, going back to uh, my days at SunTrust Bank, managing um, BlackBerry servers and Exchange servers and Good servers. Oh, and, that uh, brings back memories. Yeah, lots of uh, <laughs> lots of email, and uh, eventually found my way into um, discovering DMARC, which was a, a a move for me into cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. DMARC, D M A R C, is the technology we're talking about today. Right. And um, a friend of mine, Ed Carroll, actually here at uh, Montreat, representing the Cyber Center, um, introduced me to the technology, and I just uh, it very much pertains to email security, and um, that's how I got involved and been specifically in the world of of DMARC and email security now for, gosh, close to four years. Wow, wow. So, I mean, is this uh, being in email security, is that something that you thought about as like a kid in high school? Like this was your dream job? Not necessarily high school. I think when I was at when I was at uh, SunTrust Bank learning SMTP and, and email, um, I saw how simple it was to open and open a relay and, and uh, open a port 25 connection and send an email and, and state what your from address was and who you were sending to. And you could basically... State, you could write in there whoever you wanted to be on a from address. Yeah. And uh, it's scary. You, you could be on like a, a, a Linux console mm-hmm. and Telnet in on port 25 and put in all of those, uh, para- I don't remember the exact uh, parameters, but yes, you could put in the from field, the to field, and yep. basically manually build your own email. Exactly. And that's really what the first email programs. Um, one of the earliest ones was Elm and Pine mm-hmm. on uh, on Linux and, and uh, MS Mail. MS Mail, <laughs> but but that's really all that they were is that they were a front end for basically doing that sort of connection with SMTP servers. Yeah, and uh, we all know, of course, that port twenty five is SMTP. Yeah. So, uh, and some, to this day, is still, you know, email still uses port twenty five, and it's still wide open. Absolutely, <laughs> to this day. So. Um, I'm sure you deal with a lot of businesses of all different sizes. Mm-hmm. I, I always like to look, though, at small and mid-sized businesses because they sometimes have unique challenges. Um, what is a what would be a, a significant threat to them right now? I, or would you say that maybe just around email security in general? Uh, clearly phishing. So mm-hmm. most of the reports show that a very large percentage of the successful cyber attacks start with a phishing attempt. Right. Uh, SANS Institute, IBM have showed reports of 85 to 90% of the successful attacks start with uh, phishing. And remember that phishing isn't necessarily inbound to an organization. Those phishing emails are are pr- pretending to be your domain if you're a business owner. It's, it's a message that's sent out pretending to be from you. Right. It could be to your customer. It could be to your business partner, your your bank. Uh, so it's phishing is a, a very broad stroke. And, and we used to say that, well, you know, 
so they're fishing, a lot of times they're fishing for credentials. So you put in your username and password, and it's a bogus website, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bad guys get your username and password. Well, if you only use MFA, then everything's fine. But now we're seeing what they call MFA fatigue, mm-hmm. um, where, where they basically keep pounding you and pounding you and pounding you with requests until you just take your, your duo thing and say, or whomever. I'm not, I'm not busting on duo. It's the first one that came to my mind that it's, a, it's so simplified. They, they made it very simple as a yes or a no, and you just hit yes, but now you just let the bad guy in and you, you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. So, so there has to be more emphasis on other aspects of email security, and this is where I wanted to talk a little bit more about DMARC, the technology. Sure, sure. And, uh, and sometimes those attacks, um, you know, are, are asking to log into systems. Other times it's, hey, you know, real quick, uh, change the banking uh, credentials or let's say it's the bank account number that you're going to deposit that money in today. Yeah, the business to email one. compromise, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, or even just uh, um, um, from a, an email from a CEO or something saying, exactly. hey, you know. Yeah. But DMARC itself, um, it's domain-based messaging, authentication, reporting, and compliance. And that'll be the only time I go into all that. That's why we call it DMARC. <laughs> um, it, is a, it is a DNS record, just like you have DNS records that stipulate what your website IP address is or what the mail server is that handles your email. DMARC is a very simple text record that instructs, instructs mail handlers globally on uh, – how you want reporting and what action to take on email that that meets a certain criteria, and um, it is it's an open standard. <clears throat> so this is something that takes uh, easy, what Easy DMARC does is help you manage DMARC, helps you get all those reports, which are very verbose. Uh, helps you see those reports and take action on those reports and figure out, okay, I've got good email here being delivered by my services such as like QuickBooks or my my Salesforce or HubSpot. I want those messages delivered to the inbox. It's very business critical messages. But the ones that don't follow that criteria and are suspect, I want the mail handlers to reject those messages. I don't want those delivered. Whether it be spam or just rejected outright, I want to be able to have the ability to use DMART to instruct mail handlers on how to deal with that email. So how does this differ from just like a spam filter? Well, a spam filter um, is a very, very critical part of an email security uh, posture, and uh-huh. that's inbound. Um, I think when most people think email security, they immediately think about inbound mail to the organization. Mm-hmm. And the simple way to look at it is DMARC is outbound. All the messages that are sent you know, into the Internet by other sources. And so DMARC affects... Uh, all your, you know, your your domain, who's sending from your domain, and preventing those from trying to send from your domain. So it's not necessarily inbound spam prevention; it's what's being sent out. Okay, okay, that now that makes sense. So you're looking at it at, at a at a different threat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now I have to admit that I have researched, I've looked into DMARC. Um, I'm not a DNS administrator anymore, but. I found it on the surface, looking at the standard and, and all of that, difficult to understand and comprehend how to implement it and how to manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming, because I, like, I always like companies that, that name themselves uh, descriptively. Like, like my firm, VCSO Services. What do we do? We provide VCSO Services. So easy DMARC. You, you make that implementation and that management easier? 
I would, I would certainly uh, like to say that. I mean, and, I didn't mean that to be a softball question, but, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm really, I'm genuinely interested because that seems to be what small and mid-sized businesses, with me as a consultant, saying, "Well, you need to get DMARC in." Well, they're like, "Well, okay, but we don't really know how to do it." It's like, right, right. Many people find us after um, reading about DMARC and discovering that it's a technology that you can adopt. Sometimes companies actually set a DMARC record and very quickly. Uh, realize that the reporting aspect of DMARC is very verbose and it's really hard right, uh, right. to digest the reports that are produced. Uh, reports are produced in XML markup language, so it's very hard to read. Mm -hmm. And so we are, first and foremost, we're a DMARC uh, aggregator. So we take, we accept all those reports, um, hundreds and thousands of days for some organizations, and uh, we present them visually. So you don't have to sit there and read and comb through the XML. Um, Many times, and we should, we should really talk about managed service providers, too, as we talk about small to medium-sized businesses, because mm -hmm. many uh, SMBs are served uh, by their um, MSP. Right. And um, so and a lot of times MSPs come to us and say, uh, my, my customer was um, subject of a phishing attack. I've read about DMARC, and I, I need help getting this in place. Mm -hmm. And um, even from the very get-go, you talked about DNS records. From the very beginning, when you... Um, come to us and you set up a trial, a free trial. The first thing we do is we show you your DMARC DNS text record. All you have to do is copy and paste that into DNS. We show you exactly where to go right. and to put that. But then it's a question that, like, putting putting the text record in is relatively trivial. I mm -hmm. mean, but actually knowing what to do with what the outputs are, that's what the secret sauce is. Yes, and... Um, the free account and, and several tiers of our subscriptions uh, are our guidance. So we present uh, the information to you visually so that you can take action, so that it presents itself to the point where, you know, if I see uh, red and fail, um, I know there's a problem. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a report card type of format, too, to show key technologies such as SPF and DKIM, which are critical to, um, to email security. It shows the status of those. So if you, you know, if you manage email and you have access to DNS records, um, then you will see those, uh, the status of those, and know how to act on them. So I, 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 some of our uh, listeners are, are small and mid-sized business owners, or they they are they are not technical, mm -hmm. and I think that they sometimes get overwhelmed with acronyms. Can you, can you just quickly explain? We've already talked a lot about what DMARC does, but. Um, SPF and DKIM, how they that those records kind of play into the whole ecosystem. Sure. Um, so SPF and DKIM were developed um, probably around 2005, 2006, and mm -hmm. the concept of those were authenticate against my domain, and I'm going to give you ability to to authenticate against my domain to send email on my behalf. Um, so I gave examples earlier. Think about your CRM systems. Uh, conference booking, maybe your um, order confirmations, QuickBooks right. accounting, all those services are sending on your behalf. Right. Um, even when you go to a website and say, contact me, um, GoDaddy or your website host is sending that message out. Mm -hmm. uh, they're using your domain name. And so SPF and DKIM were abilities to uh, give that person to send on your behalf. This is called spoofing. So right. a lot of times... People think spoofing's bad, but spoofing is simply sending an email as somebody else. And um, so what DMARC did, SPF and DKIM were great technologies, and, uh, and DMARC really validates that by saying, well, uh, SPF and DKIM are, are very important. What we're going to do is add the reporting aspect 
So we're going to flip on these reports that show you where things uh, worked against SPF and DCAM. And after that, then it gives you the ability to essentially create that DMARC authentication. So did it pass SPF? Did it pass DCAM? And I can instruct the mail handlers of the world, the, the O365s, the Googles, the Yahoo's, the Verizon's. I'm going to instruct them, if it didn't meet SPF, it, if it didn't meet DCAM, then take this action. And you essentially instruct them uh, what to do uh, if, it, if it failed. So... Really, it isn't as if DMARC replaces SPF and DKIM. No. That you, proper email security, you should have all three in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. DMARC is, is very much dependent on both SPF and DKIM. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I, I will be the first to admit because I don't know everything and sometimes I forget stuff. I'm yeah. old. <laughs> but but I, I wasn't so sure about that myself because it is very confusing. And, and to your point back in the beginning, there is so much threat involved with phishing and other, and other fraudulent emails that um, we're always rushed. We're always like wanting to get through business. And, and I, I know just the volume of email I get. Sometimes it's very hard to like stop and think. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Does that make sense? Well, there's it's not a, visible, right? It's, so, no. Sorry to interrupt, but what you're saying is, is very, very accurate, right? Because you could be uh, running an organization, um, you could be a, in a cybersecurity role, you could be an email guy, and you don't really have any view into who is using your domain if you don't have DMARC. Right. right? So if I, you know, if I stopped you and said, did we get fished last night? Well, you really don't know because you don't have the reporting turned on. So with DMARC, you flip a switch and you get the reporting and you can see, oh, someone in Thailand, oh, look, someone in Brazil actually tried to send email uh, using my domain. And you can use that information in a proactive sense, maybe to let your folks know that something might be coming in, or hopefully DMARC's sure. stopping it. Well, the proactive part of DMARC is advancing to that enforcement. You know, there's 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 three benefits of, of DMARC, and those three benefits are essentially phases. The first benefit is the visibility, the reporting. Right. That's a really fun stage because you're not impacting email in any way, shape, or form, but you're establishing that DNS record, and boom, you, you're turning the lights on. You can see everything and everyone that's sending on your behalf, mm-hmm. but it doesn't impact email. The next stage is increasing your deliverability. So once you start saying, okay, I want QuickBooks and I want HubSpot working better, uh, I can see my rates of deliverability and I want to improve those by putting SPF and DKIM in place. So your deliverability to the inbox increases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you advance to the, the enforcement, the quarantine or the reject stages, we call them, where you say, I've done all this work. I know who all the good people are that are sending email on my behalf. Anyone else, I want you to reject them. I want you to not allow that message. So you almost sure. reduce your your threat um, exposure down to the domains that you are explicitly um, allowing, and you could still get a spam or a fish from there if they happen to be compromised. The so so it's not it's not a hundred percent taking care of it, but boy, you're getting pretty close. Yes. It oh. is, yeah, and that's a really good point. This is not a foolproof, hey, your email security profile is complete with DMARC. This is just one part of a really robust email security. Yeah. And, and DMARC's an open standard, and, right? And, so. and, and, uh, and that's where I, you know, you, you never like to hear in any instance where it's just like, you put in this little black box, and it's like, hey, you're completely secure. That never <laughs> exists. Layered security no. and understanding your layered security controls is critical. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot going on there, and yep. 
cybersecurity can be pretty stressful sometimes, depending sure. upon, I mean, what you do and and your your the the deadlines you have and all that. What do you do to decompress? Um, yeah, I, I got to admit, there's there's some stressful moments with cybersecurity. That's very true. We've been on on calls with banks or even nonprofits that are getting attacked and and showing them that you know someone was successful sending messages out on their behalf. Um, for for me, uh, after a you know perhaps a, a day of you know a train of Zoom sessions and meeting with customers, my first um, my first steps are to really turn off. Uh, you know, Slack, instant messaging. Um, thank goodness for you know Apple's uh, different modes where you can put on Do Not Disturb. I definitely got to turn off email. Yes, I, I do that. <laughs> I have Do Not Disturb on, like, and and it, that's a wonderful thing that they have. Yeah, it. Um, but all that removes the immediacy mm-hmm. um, of having to respond to customers or having to respond to someone internally that's needing something really fast, and just being able to go, okay, let me just pause and uh, and take a breath and. I think for me, my work environment has a lot to do with um, being able to um, de-stress. And once I've, you know, turned off the immediacy aspects, um, my daughter's got me into uh, vinyl, and so I'll, you know, I'll put on a, a record and just, you know, the old school. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna go. You're gonna pick up some eight tracks later on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think there's something about the um just the the process of opening the record and you know very delicately pulling out the the uh the album and and placing it on there making sure the needle doesn't scratch it i think it forces you to kind of slow down right so instead of opening spotify um or telling you know my iphone to play something i guess that act of getting the the record out and you know figuring out which which song i want or which which side of the album i want you know put it down and uh and that's really helped yeah, you know, I think that um, in some ways, once music went digital, it killed the it killed the um, the whole concept Experience. of like the album. Yeah. Um, now I I wasn't as much into vinyl as I was into into cassettes, but still, I mean, you know, old technology. But you you would play the album in the order in which it's presented to you. And so even to this day, I'll be listening to an old Billy Joel song. When one ends, I'm already starting to hear the next one in my mind, what would mm-hmm. be the next track on the, on the album. And, and people don't get that anymore today. Yeah, and the artwork. And the artwork, right, yeah, and, and, and the album artwork. I mean, they, you can never replicate that on a little cassette thing, but album artwork was just absolutely fabulous. The liner notes, mm-hmm. um, you used to, and sometimes they would have the, the lyrics there. Because sometimes it's like some folks, you know, they'd sing, it's just like, like, you know, what did you just say, Bob Dylan? <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and, then the, and then the whole analog experience of it, because it's not digital, it's pure, it's analog. You're taking the actual sound waves and yeah. and reproducing it in an analog way, and there is just something different. Yeah. Although i got to admit that with my albums, I was never too uh, careful about where I dropped it down or this or that or whatever else. <laughs> um, future plans. What, what's going on uh, uh, in the future for you? Um, for work or personal? <laughs> I, you know, either, I guess. Well, or, you know, we're, um, it's, it's pretty exciting times at Easy D Mark. Um, we recently had No Before, uh, is a publicly traded billion dollar, uh, cybersecurity company here in the U.S., uh, invest in us. And it's really helping to gain awareness. You know, I, a lot of people just, are just learning about DMARC. And again, this is an open standard that still only has 50 to 60% global adoption. Right. And so that's helped us with both awareness and credibility as, uh, to us as a uh, provider. And we're growing our product um, 
to do some, uh, don't want to let too many secrets out of the bag, but we're definitely not, um, we're, we're expanding beyond DMARC, let's put it that way, to help with email security, things things like lookalike domains, that seems to be the next big um, right. thing that we're focusing on. And um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting to see the growth and to see uh, the the founders of our company that are that are very eager to grow our product and they love talking to customers and finding out what are those features that they need uh, to grow our product product so it's, it's exciting. Well, that's an interesting tie-in um, with No Before because yeah, I mean No Before is so well known. Um, uh, my firm VC So Services were a No Before partner and actually I started working with No Before when I was a bank CISO um, more than 10 years ago. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, wow. no, no before was pretty pretty uh, slim. Um, uh, personal uh, plans, or as far as professional, like your your growth, continue with uh, DMARC and continue investigating the email uh, world? Yeah, for me, um, work is a lot of my, uh, my personal growth, right, is being part of a SaaS startup and helping to advise um, in other, you know, in other countries, and how we're how we're growing and how we're poised to grow. Uh, personally, my wife and I just um, bought a new home just a few months ago, uh, actually. So there is no shortage of work <laughs> to be done because it's, it's a fixer-upper, and so um, that's probably you know one of those um, also de-stress moments. You know, once I'm listening to a record and I'm finally chilled out my wife's knocking on my office door saying hey, are we ready to um start the ship lap in the bathroom <laughs> ready to paint so um i do find that enjoyable the um the home improvement stuff so well yeah. great well rob really appreciate you joining us today um we'll do the fist bump there you go and uh um, best of luck with the fixer upper and so uh, appreciate your time thanks a lot thanks for having me stay secure